the left corner to Aguila. Aguila the left circle. Passing to Yell. A shot. Save made by all. Aguila's rebound. Another shot. They score! The Blades win it! Yeah, baby! They score! And the sea of red erupts. Flames talk starts now on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Here's Pat Steinberg and Aaron Vickers. All right, let's get a Thursday edition of Flames Talk underway. Thursday, December 7th from the Scotiabank Saddledome. Steinberg and Vickers from NHL.com along with you on Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcast. Hello, Vix. Patrick, how we doing, buddy? Uh, how's your, uh, excuse me, how's your, um, how's your howl? Are you uh, ready to dial up a little howling at the moon? It's uh, Dustin Wolf time on Thursday night as the Flames take on the Carolina Hurricanes. I mean, for the life of me, I couldn't think of anything clever, so I'm just going to say mediocre at best. Well, How's gonna, that? Are you going to give us a sample? Are you gonna give us not a, a chance no? you're oh, getting a sample. No, look at you go. It's Dustin no, no, Wolf no. time. you got to howl. As, well, as excited every, as I am. Every save Thursday night that uh, Wolf makes, Wilsey and Corey Saric are going to howl. Like, that's just, Can I get a thumbs-up confirmation <laughs> from that, Wilsey? No, that's big thumbs down. No. Uh, but there will be lots of howling here at the Dome when Dustin Wolf makes his first home start of the season. Just his third career NHL start Thursday night against the Carolina Hurricanes. So Wolf came in in relief of Dan Vladar in Tuesday's loss to Minnesota. Allowed two goals the rest of the way. Got him a little tune-up for his first start of the homestand. Um, and on Wednesday's show, you and I talked about how uh, or, or talked about the I guess back and forth or, or the two different sides as to who should or who might start this game uh, against Carolina. Now, practice on Wednesday indicated it was indeed going to be Wolf, and that is going to be the way it goes. But, you know, you and I talked about if, if you made the call, where would you go? And for me, I said, yeah, I'd probably go to Vladar. He, he didn't get pulled for performance reasons. He gave his team a great chance to win. And by going back to Dan, it would really instill some confidence in a guy that you're going to need here for the next number of weeks while Jacob Markstrom is on the shelf. But at the same time, I did say, well, it would be pretty cool if they went to Dustin against a really good Carolina team, and that's exactly what they're going to do. So I, I, I'm fine either way. I lean slightly towards going to Vladar. The Flames are going to go with Dustin Wolf. We're going to hear from head coach Ryan Huska on his rationale in just a second. But uh, you were on the same page, right? You were leaning yeah. just slightly to the Vladar side as well. And I don't want to misrepresent that. So... Yeah, I basically made the shocking declaration on Wednesday that I would lean Dan Vladar, but I certainly wouldn't fight anybody if they went the other way. That wasn't a situation where I'm going to pound the table and be like, nope, you've got to start Danny again back-to-back. He gave you everything he could to try and spark or try to get the Calgary Flames. He bought the Calgary Flames the entire first period, and then giving up two goals in 45 seconds within the first minute and a half of the second period, it was okay. Time to try, try time to try something else. Move to Dustin Wolf, and then thus created the well. What would you do for the next game? Would you go Dan Vladar or Dustin Wolf? And I like you. And like the poll was not Dan Vladar related. It was the 18 skaters in front of him related, in my opinion. And so I would have been more than comfortable giving Vladar that vote of confidence and that hey, we believe in you. We didn't pull you because we're pissed off or upset or we think you were subpar. Yep. So I was fine. I was leaning, you know, go back to Dan Vladar for that particular reason. Go get him right back in and say, we haven't wavered on you. 
We just wanted to send a message to the other guys, but I also understand going to Dustin Wolf as well. Uh, you won't howl, but uh, Cam's got us covered back downtown. Cam has got us uh, covered. Thank you, sir. That Thank sounds more you. like Halloween spooky. No, nope, that is that's Dustin Wolf. He's he's howling and getting ready for the game. So uh, Cam's got us covered. You think so. Dustin Wolf howls? Absolutely. I think he he in his crease. It's a. Uh, Okay. And we know he's got hops. Obviously not. Does he have pipes? Uh, let's hear from head coach Ryan Huska. Here's why it's Wolf on Thursday versus Carolina. That was part of the the plan ahead of time. So this was going to be his game, so we just stayed with the plan. Was there any thought of giving him the Saturday game because he's used to playing afternoon games? I mean, no, like, it no. Did, didn't really factor in. Like we we treat them the same way we would – if it was Jacob and Vladdy, we, we treat, it's going to be treated the same way, I guess, whether it's afternoon or not. It's, this was his game that we had scheduled, so that's what we're sticking to. And at this level, I don't imagine you have to pull guys aside and make sure that they're okay with it. But have you had to have a chat with uh, Vladar since his last start? Yeah, we, we did have a, a small conversation. Um, you know, just I, I think it's important sometimes after the game, um, coaches are a little bit emotional. It's not necessarily the best time to do it, but I would always try to grab a guy the next day when there's something that um, is maybe uncomfortable for a coach or a player that goes on. So I'm excited to see Dustin get the start, um, and and I don't mind the idea to stick with your plan. If, if the plan was to go Vladar on Tuesday, Wolf on Thursday, I don't mind that either um, because you give the guy who's higher on the depth chart the first, the first opportunity, um, and then you go and you stick with your plan. You didn't win against Minnesota. In fact, the group laid an egg, so you might as well stick with your goaltending plan. Um, so I don't, I don't mind that. I don't mind it at all. I'm just curious as to when, as, as Jacob Markstrom is not part of the equation for the time being, and we don't know if he'll be back on the road trip, we don't know if he'll be back in a week's time, two weeks' time, or what. But for right now, Jacob Markstrom's a non-factor in this goaltending conversation until he recovers. So I just wonder when the plan goes out the window. Does, does it take... Dustin Wolf against Carolina having a really good outing, and then well, then it's very clear you go back to him against the Devils. Or if they if he plays well but they lose, is it easy to go right back to Vladar against the Devils? I'm just curious as to when or what would lead to their little goaltending plan being altered a little bit. I know that you don't have the answer to that. I'm just really curious oh, about it. Oh, I do. I I'm dialed right in. I think that this is all now going to be dependent on what Dustin Wolf gives you from this. And I like the idea of the plan. I like sticking to the plan. I like game one was going to be Dan Vladar. Game two was going to be Dustin Wolf. Open competition from there. And Dan Vladar didn't hurt his chances of starting the third game in my books. But if Dustin Wolf goes out and stops 29 of 30 in his third NHL start, how do you not go back to him on Saturday? How do you not let him ride the momentum of the. I don't want to say heater because you need more than one game to to build a heater in terms of what you're uh, able to stop between the pipes. But if Dustin Wolf is able to turn in a a five-star performance, I go right back to him and see if he can continue to build the momentum and build the confidence that he is not only an NHL goaltender, but a goaltender that can make an impact on a game-in, game-out basis. But having said that, if we see a situation where, all right, he lets in four on 32 or something along those lines, where it's not a terrible performance, but it's not a a game-stealing performance, if he's able to give the Calgary Flames a chance to win in a very significant way, go back to him, if he's okay, then I'm all right with going back to Dan Vladar and doing another, Dan, you start Saturday, Dustin, you're going to get the next one again. But if again, it's Saturday, if if, uh, Dan Vladar goes out and gives you a Vegas-like performance, 
and steals a game for the Calgary Flames, that's kind of the moment where it goes, now it's all about riding momentum. You've given each guy one start and said, hey, this was our plan. We told you right. this was going to be our plan. Now it's whosoever's hot is going to get the crease. I, uh, I'm actually really interested to see how this plays itself out. And now I, I always am I'm doing a little bit of different reading around. And uh, I think it was over at uh, the win column is where I was reading this one. It was just an opinion piece about how while Jacob Markstrom's out, they should use Wolf like the number one goaltender to really give themselves give, give the Flames an opportunity to know what they have in Dustin and to to really start to build that narrative even more. And it was it was it was a really interesting piece. And 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 I thought it was really well thought out. I don't know if I'm on exactly the same page because I also think even from a big picture standpoint, there is um, definitely a, a value in getting Vladar. If, if Vladar plays well during this stretch, I think that can boost his trade value. I don't think yep. one game against Colorado where he's not so good or one game two nights later against Vegas when he's really good. I don't know if one individual game makes that much of a swing, but if if he starts five of, of nine games and plays really well in those five, I think that can start to maybe boost value a little bit and maybe can get a team who's looking for a goaltender to say, okay, you know what, I think I've seen enough during this stretch. Let's go out and target this guy from Calgary. So, and, and if that's what the Flames want to do um, and trading a guy like Vladar is the, the road they want to go down, then obviously having his trade value as high as possible is the way to go. So I, I think that there are there are really good arguments about you know splitting them, riding the hot hand. That's the way I think you do it. I, I, I think after giving Wolf this start and, and seeing how he does, I think that you can for the time being just go with the guy that you feel most confident in coming off their last game and, and roll it that way for the time being. But you know, it's it, there's a lot of different opinions as to how the Flames should do this, and this is the first opportunity for Wolf to get multiple games over a stretch of time in the NHL. And if you're Craig Conroy, and if you're Jordan Sigalette, the director of goaltending, and you're you're Flames brass, and you're watching this, you're saying this is a real opportunity to see because we still don't know what Dustin Wolf is in the NHL. Like, we, we see his save percentage at uh, 882 this season in the NHL. Well, I don't think that's representative of what he's how he's played, right? But at the same time, the numbers don't look super good. And I just, I think you have... Every time that you can get a little bit more information on what Wolf is going to be and whether or not the NHL is exactly the spot that he should be, that's what I believe. I believe Dustin Wolf, even even despite the size and all of the, the quote-unquote limitations, I think they've got a future one here, and, and I don't think I'm in the minority saying that I think they've got a future number one here. But the more playing time you can get them before you go down a road of having to actually make a decision, there, there's absolutely value in that the same way there's value in boosting Dan Vladar's trade value if that's a road you want to go down it's just I don't know if there's a correct no questions asked um, right answer on this one in terms of of how to partition these two while Jacob is uh, on the shelf I would vehemently disagree with the notion or narrative or thought that you ride Dustin Wolf as a number one to see what you have in him. See, I, I in don't. December, I do, and here's why. I don't you're not in. You're not in. You're you not though. in discovery. If you're going to do that, you're giving him ten of twelve, regardless of outcome. And as it stands right now, and roll your eyes if you want, the Calgary Flames are four points out of a playoff spot as it stands right now. You are not in discovery mode right now. You are in. Are we able to stay competitive mode right now? And you give what. Ever goalie gives you the best chance to win on that night, 
that's the goalie you go with regardless of age, experience, pedigree. So if it is Dustin Wolf and he earns 10 to 12, by all means play him. But I don't think you play him just to discover what he is because he's still only 22. You have plenty of time to find out what Dustin Wolf is. And if your goal, if your mandate, if your you know, mission statement is make the playoffs, then you got to give the goalie that's going to give you the best chance to win the start. And now the situation changes now, completely. Do you, think, do you think that there is a, uh, to play devil's advocate on, on that point, do you think that there is a uh, decent chance, strong chance that that could be Wolf? Like, I, I do. But until he puts the performances together, I don't give him. Like I don't you, hand you him don't the think reins. you don't think that you just say, okay, well, here's our opportunity. Sorry, Dan, you're still the two. Now Dustin's going to be the one. That, that's what you're disagreeing. Yeah, like so. Okay, if, fair, so fair. if Dustin Wolf comes out and you give him ten of twelve, and he's giving you an eight fifty save percentage, and you're losing nine of twelve in that stretch, or you're losing nine of his ten starts, I don't know if you're any further to discovering whether or not Dustin Wolf can be a starting goalie in the NHL when you're giving him a 10-game stretch when he's 22 years old, and all you're doing is sacrificing your ability to be competitive. Now, those that want to rebuild will be like, that's perfect, but as it stands right now, the Calgary Flames are at 23 points. St. Louis holds the second wild card at 27. I think you owe it to the guys in the room to be as competitive for as long as you can. Now, if you're sitting in February or March and you're 12, 14, 16, 18 points out, I have no problems giving Dustin Wolf 10 or 12 games to give him more experience now, and get to know what he is. I just wanna, but right now, I don't think you do that. I just want to jump in on something yep. that you said there. Do you think that by doing that, you would be making yourself less competitive? And that, You know what I'm saying? Well, like, it depends on Dustin Wolf and what he's able to do. Right. Like if he gives you 870, and meanwhile your spot starting in Dan Vladar and he's giving you 920 or 930, he's giving you a couple of those Vegas-type starts, and you're still not giving him – the reins or the bulk of the workload, I think you're doing your dressing room a disservice. Right. No, and, and that's 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 a fair yep. that's a fair rebuttal. I uh, I do, I just don't think there is necessarily. So again, I I, I cite that that column from uh, the wind column, yep. right? And I think that was it was a really well thought out argument. I just don't think that there is a clear, accurate, now, w- clear, uh, defined, 100% path. Like, I don't think that you right. have a plan and say, well, we're doing this, and we're only doing this, and does not matter what happens on the You know what I'm saying? Now, let me uh, add another like wrinkle that. to the argument, because if Dustin Wolf is giving you 880 to 890, and Dan Vladar is giving you 880 to 890, I'm leaning towards Dustin Wolf. I'm giving Wolf... In a case where Ty goes to the runner, Dustin Wolf is the runner. So for me, Dan Vladar has to outplay Dustin Wolf in order to earn those starts versus the discovery starts aren't really the, the greatest term to use. But no, I know what you're but saying. But if Dan Vladar isn't clearly better, then I lean giving Dustin Wolf the bulk of the workload. Um, I uh, first of all, I like the I like the fire from AV, oh. uh, and that's number one. Number you know two, what? I have a cold, and I'm like, what would Michael Jordan do? This is my flu game. This, Pat. Is, flu this is my game, flu okay. game. Um, number two, I I uh, I kind of right now, and and this might make some some people upset, but I kind of lean towards still. Dan Vladar's got a little bit of a leg up, and maybe I'm being too beholden to tradition, but I still think Dan has earned a slight leg up by being the guy who's backed up Jacob the last yeah. two seasons and being higher up on the depth chart. And I think I don't think that that should give you 
a huge leg up. Now, I think ballpark it should, it for I think me. It Are you be... like 60-40, 55-45 in terms of percentages? Like how big is that I, it's very. It's very okay. small. It's very small. 51-49? Uh, but I, I, I think, and I, it's definitely not insurmountable, yeah. but I do think in the early stages – that maybe, and I think maybe we've already seen it by him getting the first start on Tuesday with Jacob's injury. I, I, I maybe it only extends to that, but I think that all things being equal to to the scenario that you threw out there with with them both playing at the same level, I'd still probably in that circumstance actually be leaning Vladar's way just based on seniority, just based on chair time. Do you do that based, based on, on contract status and the fact that? You have three goalies right now. You're only going to have two next year. So you either need to figure out what Dan Vladar is or figure out if there's a market for him. Figure out what it is you do. (laughs) Not everybody knows how to do everything. Don't come over by me. Uh, Well, we've ignited the text line at 969. I haven't even looked. Um, I like it. Uh, First of all, from Matt and Cochran, uh, new segment idea for Brendan Parker, Hungry Like the Wolf, touring around Calgary, checking out the local food scene. I actually don't mind that. Parks, uh, that's Copyright Matt and Cochran, but Parks, uh, you have been CC'd on that. Uh, this from Heath. I'm shocked you guys don't see this as a perfect opportunity to give Wolf his chance. Your argument for Vladar is nice, but it's that type of approach that has come back to bite this team in the past, and good young players have not been given the chance when it's there, and some even ended up walking. I don't think that this is a circumstance where if they don't force feed Dustin Wolf starts in this circumstance that he's never going to get his opportunity. Make no mistake, Heath, that he is going to get his opportunity in this he's organization. He's going to be a member of the Calgary they Flames are, full-time next they year. Are making, they, they, are, they are exploring moves to make room for Dustin Wolf. And I know it didn't happen on, say, you know, Wes Gilbertson and I had a lot of these conversations uh, leading up to the season, so leading up to the start of the regular season. No, the reason I bring up okay. Wes's name is because he was really adamant that they needed to make room for him okay. before the start of the season. And, and my feel was, no, if you've got time, use it. You don't always have the luxury of time. And this season, you still have Dustin being waiver exempt. Right. So use that to, to exert as much of your flexibility as you can, and and I think that they have handled it so far really well. So I, I guess what I would say, Heath, is that I think regardless, he's going to get his chance in the organization. I I, I don't think the Flames will allow this to get to the point where he'd be so frustrated that he's going to walk away. You like that he was frustrated that he got sent back to the American League, and he was. He was pissed off, and and he he went back down there with a chip on his shoulder. Good. That's what you want, but I don't think they're going to get it, uh, let it get to the point where it's like, no, I'm not going to get my chance in the organization. I'm, I, I'm My eyes are starting to look elsewhere when I have that opportunity in three or four years or whatever the case may be. I, I don't believe the Flames will let it get there. Well, and he loses his waiver exemption next season, so there is not a chance Precisely. that he's not a full-time member of the Calgary Flames next season, so all he's got to do is come in, show as well as he can. If he steals some starts along the way, perfect, so be it, but he's very well aware of his contract situation and the fact that if he takes care of what he needs to take care of, he doesn't absolutely implode, whether it's in the NHL or the AHL. He's a full-time member of the Flames next year. Uh, this says he's just too small, so much room to shoot. NHL shooters are too accurate and can easily block his view for deflections. Uh, this says, holy crap, look at Vickers go with the pushback today. Watching him grow up makes us so proud. You go, Vickers. Don't show any fear. Guy's got some little edge. Uh, this says, I agree 100% with Wes. <laughs> I responded back. I responded back. 
in brackets, Aaron. Well, no, maybe uh, he's talking about Wes no, no, needing he, to make. He meant it was before. Me? I, yeah, he oh, meant okay. Me. It was before I mentioned Wes's name. Uh, well, it is a radio medium, so you know what. You guys sound very. Do we? You guys sound very different. Uh, oh, I thought you were going to say similar. I was like, Ugh. this says uh, Wolf should not be the default number one yet. He hasn't looked dominant as of yet, so Vladar should be traded as the one A right now. And that's kind of where I am, but it's like fifty-one forty-nine in that respect. And if Wolf plays really well tonight, then that probably would topple any advantage in my mind that Dan Vladar has. The Flames still have seven games in twelve days, if I've done the math right. I didn't Sounds reboot right. it. But now you're in a situation where one's gotten the first start, one will get the second start. Now, for me, all bets are off. Whichever goalie gives you a better chance to win, that's the one I'm going with. But I don't just automatically default to the 22-year-old Wolf to see what he is because you've got plenty of no, time. No, I don't either. I, I was actually just bringing that up yeah. as just another point. No, it's, view a good, because, it's a good talking because, point. Because my feel on this is that as of right now, December 7th, prior to a game against Carolina, there is no game plan. Like, they've got they, – they, they've planned out, you know, for a few starts, but I think that your plan doesn't really start to get uh, – to become clear until after you see what happens with Dustin in in this game against Carolina. So I I don't think the plan is is clear. I think that there are a lot of different ways you could go. You could you know see keep keep them playing against one another, see who's better on any given night or who played better the last game. Uh, there's some of the other scenarios that we talked about, but right now I, I think the, the the plan as it were is still very much up in the air. This says I say play whichever goalie's playing worse so they can get a better draft pick. I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, Big Wayne says, I really disagree. Giving the guys in the locker room that opportunity to be competitive based on the goalie's performance, I don't think it's a comparison. The guys in the locker room need to play a little bit more competitively and let the goalie give them the strength to move forward. Um... Instead of constantly playing hectic defense and having to scramble uh, to back up the weaker goalie that comes from Big Wayne. Uh, this says, okay, give Wolf the shot for sure. Is there any room for improvement aside from experience? Maybe he is what he is, and let's see what he's got. Maybe it pans out, and maybe Markstrom gets traded. Uh, Jason from Calgary says, if the Flames have three goalies that can play in the NHL, there shouldn't be any reason why they should ever play a hurt goalie at any point this year while they have this opportunity. Uh, Kyle says, Patty, I hate to agree with Vickers, but Husk has to play who gives them a chance to win. If Wolf stands out, great. If not, it's Vladdy. That comes from Kyle. I don't know if he was saying that I hate to disagree to disagree with me because you and I weren't really disagreeing. Right. Um, I just needed just, somebody to direct my anger to. Or if... Uh, no anger here. Or or if he just hates agreeing with you. Maybe. Well, I know. I'm like, That's what I'm what, trying to I hate to out. agree with Vickers. Is that a backhanded compliment? You don't have to hate to agree with me. <laughs> It might hurt your heart a little bit, but you don't have to. Uh, this says, all the talk about wanting to see what Vladar is, we need to see what both are. We are anointing Wolf as an NHL star. Star, He needs to prove he can play consistently at an NHL level, too. This is an opportunity for both of them to showcase what and who they are and not give them something just because. I do agree on that front. Um this from Matt and Blackfalls. Goaltending in the NHL is the second most important position in pro sports and the most fickle. To make a formula with how you run the two goaltenders for the next 10 games would be like rolling 100 dice and getting 100 ones. It always has to be day by day and who's feeling at the day of games. Numbers and stats need to be in the background. Um... This says, best case scenario, both Vlad and Wolf play well, but Vladar seems to cave when he needs to be the man. We're about to find out in the next two weeks how that is going to go for him. Um, 
This says, what if Wolf stands at his head tonight, but the team can't score on Carolina and they lose? Do you still play him next game? Absolutely. It's, yeah, all, prob- it's not about probably. the result. It's about the process for me. It, it probably If he stops win. 33 of 34 and they lose one nothing, that's not a Dustin Wolf issue. Um, this says, Wolf's exciting. What if the Flames had a goalie prospect make the NHL? Well, I guess if you want to get really technical, uh, both Ordeo and Irving did play NHL games. John Gillies played a few NHL games as well. But with not the Flames. And St. Louis. And I know, New I'm just Jersey saying, but, and, but I'm even saying, like, yeah. even with the Flames, yeah. those three guys all played NHL games. But to become uh, number one goalies, it's been a while. Um this says, uh, Jerry, and Va- Jerry on Vancouver Island says, I think it's a great way to give Wolf some experience against a tough team. I'm hoping he pulls a Mike Vernon or Patrick Waugh and makes it impossible for them to send him back down and they could trade a goaltender from there. Um, this says, Pat, long-time lister, first-time caller. Wolf has that dog in him. Hit it, Cam. Uh, he's got that dog in him. Hit me with a howl because that one deserves a howl. Thank you, sir. Um, this says always earn, never given. That one also uh, a good point. So see how it plays out. Uh, that uh, that's a fun conversation that, uh, that that really turned into one that yeah, ignited the text line. I didn't think it was going to. I just thought it was going to be you and me, but I like it. Uh, just one other thing I wanted to touch on today. It is Carolina in town. Uh, the Hurricanes here on Thursday night, and they are not a happy bunch of storms because uh, they got rolled up six one Wednesday in Edmonton uh, to the point that. There's a bit of a debate that Vickers and I are about to have here, and this time we may disagree. I need to play this clip from Rod Brindamore. This was Wednesday night on the bench in conversation with uh, Darren Pang. He was doing the the on-the-bench interview in a game between the Hurricanes and the Oilers in Edmonton, and uh, I don't remember what the score was at this time. I think it would have been 5 It was 5 nothing. nothing. Okay, so it was 5-rip at this point in favor of the Oilers. Important note here. When was this interview? Was it midway through the second period? I think it was in the second period okay. at some point. Uh, so this was Rod Brindamore chatting with Darren Pang uh, on the bench midway through Wednesday night. We're on our way to losing 50 nothing right now. I've never seen our team play this brutal. So I, at this point, you know, I don't really, I, I'm, I'm lost for words, to be quite honest. Weren't ready to start, which that was clear. And now we're just kind of doing things... Not the way we do it, and this is uh, this way you get. So at this point, we're probably turning the page. So the important thing is, first of all, great clip from Rod Brindamore. Outstanding. Did he say fifty to one or fifteen to one? I say fifteen. I think he said fifty to one. And the only reason I say it is because I think he was being somewhat realistic with the situation where they were just getting run out of uh, out of the building up in Edmonton, and. You know, if you just take the 5 nothing midway through the game, you extrapolate it, that's on pace for a 10 nothing. So I think 15-1 is in that ballpark. I think You hear 50? I think 50-1 to is funny. I think 50 is definitely funnier. Can you hit it one more, just the beginning, Cam, one more time? Is it 15 or 50? On a way to losing 50 nothing right now. So is it, uh, you know what? No, I, I, I might lean 50. I think it's 50 nothing. is I what think, You said. know what? I think you might have turned me on that one. Uh, yes. Told you we'd disagree. But this time I won you over. Uh, I'll see what the Hurricanes bring to the table on uh, 
Thursday night against the Flames here at the Scotiabank Saddle Dome. It's Steinberg and Vickers along with you. Uh, that was a fun first segment as we continue to move towards Christmas 2023. And uh, Christmas season 2023 is the spirit of giving. Uh, Tis the season. We're teaming up with our friends at the Mustard Seed once again. And we're trying to collect things for people in this city experiencing poverty, experiencing homelessness. And uh, we really want to help out. So here's the deal. Uh, we've done this for the last night number of years we're going to collect products all throughout the month of december at the end of the month early january we're going to hand off everything that we've collected to the mustard seed and all of those things are going to be absolutely massive for the mustard seed and helping out over the uh, course of the year 2024 this is not just a christmas thing we do it around christmas and the holiday season because it is a time of giving traditionally but this is to help the entire calendar year of 2024 at the mustard seed so what we're looking for is really simple things. Uh, new underwear, socks, jackets, boots, and gloves, things that would be so important for people who uh, are, are maybe not always in a uh, permanent shelter and living in a winter city. That would go such a huge, long way. Or things like personal hygiene items are always in high demand as well. Razors, toothbrushes, deodorant, things like that, all desperately needed. If you can drop those items off uh, at our downtown studio on 5th Ave, uh, Fifth Street rather, in 7th Avenue Southwest or at any McManus Auto Group location, uh, we would be very grateful. The Mustard Seed would be very grateful as well. Full list of addresses on our website. Once again, it's the spirit of giving. Thanks to our friends at the McManus Auto Group and the Mustard Seed for all the details and a full list of addresses. Go to sportsnet.ca slash 960. Flamestock is live on Calgary's hockey station. Sportsnet 960, the fan. All right, Daily Flames Roundtable now. Daily Flames Roundtables for Mercedes-Benz Country Hills. The GLC 300 formatic coupes built for winter. Loyalty lease rate of 3.99% on a 48-month lease. Zero down for $1,099 a month. No payments until 2024. Around the table here at the Dome, it's Pat Vickers. And now the voice of the Flames, Derek Wills, joins us to complete our Daily Flames Roundtable. Well, gents, um... Another change to Calgary's third pair on Thursday. It'll be Osterley coming out of the lineup and Dennis Gilbert coming in. So Gilbert and Solovyov will be your third pair in this game tonight. Um, you know, Corey Sarich brought this up on a pregame show on Tuesday, and uh, he spoke to Ryan Huska a little bit about it uh, when we had a chance to chat with him after morning skate on Tuesday as well. Just the whole idea of now that Nikita Zadorov is no longer a member of the team, and no longer kind of that tweener guy on your third pair who's probably able to play further up the lineup than being on the third pair. So you don't really have that guy to anchor your third pair anymore. Um, his whole idea was the idea of taxing the top four and your top two pairings. How, how much of a worry or a concern is there that that top four could be taxed? It's a concern, but to this point, I think the Flames coaching staff has done a really good job avoiding that with all but one of their defensemen. If you take a look at the time on ice, Rasmus Anderson in the last couple of games has been right around where he usually is, 23-19 and then 21-39. Chris Tanev has actually played under 20 minutes in each of the last two games. And Mackenzie Weger again, kind of right on par with where he's been all season, 22-17, 22-06. The one guy who's been playing a ton, but this goes... Back to before Zadorov got traded, 
Noah Hannafin, his last four games, 26 27-44, 27-38. So it's almost like one guy in Noah Hannafin has completely eaten up uh, the majority of the minutes uh, kind of left behind by that uh, other guy, Nikita Zadorov. But for me, it's more about uh, having to lean too heavily on the third pairing, and they're trying to figure out Who's going to be the two primary guys on that pairing right now? Is it going to be Ilya Soloviev and Dennis Gilbert, which is what we're expecting to see tonight? Is Jordan Osterley going to get back into the mix? I'm actually a little surprised they took him out for this game against the Hurricanes. Uh, Ryan Huska told us this morning the Hurricanes are one of the fastest teams in the league. And if there's one thing that Osterley can do, it's skate. Uh, and he's definitely a better skater than Gilbert. So a little surprised by that, but I'm sure they've got their reasons for it. So uh, long-term, I am a little bit worried about it. Uh, I would be a lot more worried if there was another injury in the top four. Yeah, I'm not concerned about it just yet, and I don't know if I will be if the trends continue as you laid out, Willsey, until if and when there's either another injury or if there's another body moved, and then you're starting to ask players to play maybe a little higher in the depth chart. You're asking your top two or your top three to play significantly more minutes, and then that's when you run into injury trouble, nagging injuries, things of that sort, just from overuse or just, you know, general fatigue. But as it stands right now, I'm kind of okay with the situation at hand for the Calgary Flames. And I know it wasn't probably the return Ilya Soloviev would have wanted uh, coming back into the lineup, but he still played 15-15 and he's been up. Sorry, pardon me. He played 14-35. His average on the season is 15-15. Nikita Zadorov averaged 17-21, so not a massive drop-off there. If you can get a guy like Soloviev to, to step up and, and show that he's a full-time NHL player and can eat a lot of those minutes, I'm not as concerned about the situation for the top four, but still that remains to be seen, and we'll see how that plays out. Yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely something that I think that they're going to have to worry about as as the year goes along, especially as as they remain competitive because, look, on the outside, like I, I have a text that comes in and says, guys, who cares? I mean, um, why would it be a concern? Flames aren't going to make the playoffs, so who cares? And I understand that sentiment, but that cannot be the sentiment of Ryan Huska and Dan Lambert and the rest of that coaching no. staff. They're trying to win hockey games, whether that text or Vix or anybody else believes that they're going to make the playoffs or not going to make the playoffs. They still have to go out and play to win hockey games and use their bench and their players to the, the best of their ability. So, in, in that respect, yeah, I think it's something that they are going to have to be concerned with. It's interesting that Hannafin is the guy that has eaten up all those minutes, and I'm not as con- concerned with Noah. If there's one guy on that decor that I don't think that you're worried about having a significant drop, you know, Ryan Husk has talked a lot about when you're overplaying certain players, they start to coast or they start to conserve because they are playing more, so they need more time to recover on the bench or between shifts they're not recovering fully so when they're back out there they have to be a little bit more uh, they, they got to conserve a little bit more while they're out there uh, because their energy levels aren't as high as they like them to be and, and I don't worry about that with Hannafin with his age with his skating with his ability to skate miles and never look like he's tired so that is that's maybe the biggest reason why I'm I'm not super concerned about it because Hannafin is part of the equation and the other thing is if you're not 
if you're really going to go out of your way not to tax your defense in your top four, it's a great way to sink or swim, and it's a great way to learn about specifically Solovyov as you try to figure out exactly what you've got there in a young defenseman. Pardon me. I do just want to touch on. Okay, hold on. Just That's a, a flag. Bit. You were so it primed is, and ready it is to a go, flag. and you didn't have your mic on. That's a ten dollars fine. Leading up to Saturday, Hannafin had twenty dollars fine. Two eleven on the power play. He's jumped up to three fifty one over the course of the past two games. The Flames have had eight power plays in the past couple of games. I'm not as concerned about increases in ice time as a result of power play because those tend to be a little bit easier minutes to absorb. But that still doesn't cover the fact that he's up another couple minutes overall. Well, with all due respect to the texter who said the Flames aren't going to make the playoffs, they're four points out with 112 points still on the table. So probably a little too soon to yeah. say that. Now, if this team dramatically changes, if they start trading away some of their pending UFAs, then uh, I think that might be a more valid opinion. But as constructed, I think this is a Flames team that will continue to battle for a playoff spot, uh, and we'll see where it goes uh, maybe after the Christmas break. But... Noah Hannafin is such an effortless skater. I think you can give him more minutes. But when we were chatting with Ryan Huska, I can't remember if it was this week or last week, he said there's kind of a window for every player, and every guy's different. Uh, Rasmus Anderson, for example, tends to be at his best when he's playing 22 or 23 minutes. You give him more than that, his game falls off. Other defensemen get better the more they play, and I'm thinking that, Flames coaches see that in Noah Hannafin. Hey, we can put more minutes on this guy's plate, and his game's not going to drop off dramatically. So right now it's not a huge concern for me because their top four guys are healthy. The, the one guy who I'd like to limit the minutes of in Chris Tanev because of the uh, risk of injury with the way he plays the game because of his age, they've done a great job keeping him under 20 minutes in the last couple of hockey games. What would really relieve some stress is getting Oliver Shillington back. Because much like Noah Hannafin, he's a guy who skates so effortlessly. Uh, if you could get him back, uh, might not be a top four guy right away, but has proven in the past that he can play that type of role. That gives you a lot more flexibility. It would almost be like what they had when Nikita Zadorov was here. They had five top four defensemen. Getting Oliver Shillington back and... Things are looking better than they were even a week or two ago uh, would give them that option again, and uh, we'll see where it goes. I think if Solovyov can even just settle in and, and play the minutes and play the game, that he, he's going to have a lot of defensive responsibilities. He's not going to be counted on for the high-end offensive minutes, but if he can come in and give you a solid 15 a night, that goes a long way to spreading things around as well. Two things. Do you want to e-transfer me your $20 fine? No, you can just I'll, buy uh, dinner, actually. Well, you know yeah, what? You owe me a bottle of wine, so maybe you just give it to Pat. No, or you guys should just be. Pat's got tons of wine. I've he got doesn't too need much more wine. wine. That's a good point. Um, and on the on the Shillington front, I, I believe that you know he is since that first time we saw him last week. I, I believe he's been skating and and working out every day, and and has been around the team and has been here. We have not seen him rejoin the group for a full practice and, and there's no expectation as to when that's going to happen or when that needs to happen there are no expectations period but definitely I think at the very least you can say the last week or so has been a real positive Friday to Thursday has been a real positive he's been skating the entire time he's been here at the dome um, I've, I've seen him a couple times walking in while he's been walking out and um, so the fact that he has been at the dome has been skating in a Flames practice jersey he's got the one skate with a, a few of his teammates under his belt too there's nothing bad about that that's really good news but 
important to still underline that there's no expectation for any next step or any um, next rung on the ladder when it comes to this timeline. Uh, it's Derek and Aaron and Pat and your Daily Flames roundtable. Let's close out the hour the same way we started it. It lit up the text line, so we might as well wrap up the roundtable and wrap up the hour with what do we think of uh, Dustin Wolf being the guy against Carolina? Uh, he came in in relief against Minnesota on Tuesday after a really strong 21 and a half minutes for Dan Vladar, but it's going to be Wolf getting the start against the Hurricanes. Yeah, I, I wasn't really sure what they would do. We talked about it uh, on the Flames Talk postgame show following Tuesday's game, and initially my thought was go back to Dustin Wolf. I mean, he kind of energized the building and maybe even the team when he came into that hockey game early in the second period. And I thought he was rock solid. I don't think he had a chance on either goal against in that 5-2 loss to the Wild. So that was my initial uh, thought. But then I wondered if that would be sending the wrong message to Dan Vladar, who was not at fault for his team being down 3 nothing. As a matter of fact... He was the only reason they were only down one nothing following the first period. They probably should have been down three or four goals following 20 minutes. They weren't, but then they were following 21 and a half minutes. Uh, so he gets uh, the mercy pull, I'll call it, and, and Dustin Wolf comes in and plays really well. I just wondered if it would be the right message or the wrong message uh, to, to send to Dan Vladar and to the team because what happened on Tuesday night was not the fault of either goaltender. But, hey, you go with Dustin Wolf, and there's going to be some energy in the building, just like there was when he came in early in the second period on Tuesday night. As I said to you guys, I have never seen or heard that type of no. reaction from fans with their team down 3 nothing and the backup goaltender coming into a game. That was pretty cool, and uh, Wolf played well after that. Um, so I'm, I'm guessing that... The plan, written in pencil right now, is that Dustin Wolf gets the start versus the Hurricanes tonight, Dan Vladar versus the Devils on Saturday afternoon. But I also believe that that could change. If Wolf plays really well tonight, I wouldn't hesitate to go back to him against the Devils or yeah, against the Devils on Saturday. Uh, so that's why I suggested it's probably a, a plan that's written in pencil and I also wonder if the the coaches kind of bounce back and forth with what to do tonight because if you look at Dan Vladar's career stats versus the Hurricanes small sample size but not good uh 0-2 with a 4.55 goals against average and an 871 save percentage I know the coaches look at those types of things so I wonder if that was a factor as well yeah, when we heard from Ryan Huska this morning, he had said, you know, this was always going to be the plan because the question was, would you go back to Vladar? Because as you mentioned, it wasn't an indictment on Dan Vladar's no. performance on Tuesday night. It was, as you put it, and very eloquently, I think, mercy pull because he kept them in it the first 20 minutes, hopefully bought them some time to get back into it in the second period and a buck 30 in, it's 3 nothing instead of one nothing. So there was the thought, and Pat and I discussed this on Wednesday, is do you go right back to Vladar to show you have confidence? But as soon as Ryan Huska said, you know what, this was the plan, both goalies knew the plan going into Tuesday, that it would be Vladar on Tuesday, Wolf on Thursday, completely fine with the idea of giving Dustin Wolf the start as second of the season, third of the, his career, if I'm not mistaken. I thought he was solid but unspectacular, but I don't think you waver from the plan. And you're right in the sense that this plan, this seven games in 12 days that is coming up, 
without Jacob Markstrom, or at least we anticipate being without Jacob Markstrom. This is going to be in pencil, certainly not pen, because as you mentioned, things are going to change pretty quickly if one goalie gets hot. Yeah, I... Um... I, I, first of all, I'm excited for it because it'll be this is this will be the first ever home start for Dustin Wolf that means something um, because you know the one that he played in 82 did not um, so this will be the, I, I think it'll be uh, fun to see the reaction that he gets when he's announced in the starting lineup and they'll be playing the Wolf Howl after big saves and and people will be ha- like I, I think it'll be cool I'm excited for him and more than anything else as much as I was kind of 55 45 leaning to towards going Vladar for those same reasons you guys talked about, about kind of building him up, instilling some confidence, saying, hey, you know, you played really well. We, we believe you're not the reason why we lost that game. We're going right back to you. I'm really fascinated to see if they had, as, as Ryan Huska said this morning, you're right. He said, this is our plan. We, we had a plan. It was going to be Dan's game on Tuesday, Dustin's game on Thursday. Well, now is when I think that that plan can really start to be deviated from. If Dustin plays really well tonight and the plan was to go to Vladar against New Jersey, well, I think that's really easy to make that change. If, if Dustin's a big reason why they go out and beat a Carolina Hurricanes team on Thursday night, I think it's real easy to go right back to him. And then until you get Jacob Markstrom back, you've got the opportunity to maybe ride the hot hand and, and go game by game with it for a little bit. I'm, I'm really curious to see how this plays itself out because if, if it's another week and a half, two weeks for, for Jacob, that's another seven, eight, nine games that they'll be without him. And another seven, eight, nine games, they've got to make some decisions between these two guys that are healthy. And I heard you guys chatting about this earlier, and I couldn't agree more. Right now, this isn't about trying to showcase Dan Vladar or about trying to figure out what you've got in Dustin Wolf. This is about winning hockey games until, and they're never going to admit the throwing in the towel on the season, but until you get to a point where you're looking more towards the future than you are at the present, you've got to go with the guy who gives you the best chance to win hockey games. Unless it's a back-to-back and you plan to play both guys, which teams uh, tend to do, and, and this team has done this season. So I agree with you when it comes to that. And, hey, this is probably going to be a tough test for Dustin Wolf, the toughest of his NHL career, yeah. of his career, period, because he's going up against a Hurricanes team that is very good. They finished second overall last season. They went to the Eastern Conference Final last season. They're off to just a so-so start this season. They've lost two in a row. They only scored two goals in those losses versus the Jets and the Oilers. I think they're going to come out guns a-blazing tonight, especially with, and you guys played the clip earlier, with what head coach Rod Brindamore had to say in-game in Edmonton last night. And this is a team that's the number one possession team in the NHL. They lead the league in both shots for and shots against. This is going to be a great test for Dustin Wolf and the Flames tonight, and I'm looking forward to it. Yep. Yeah, to pile onto that, they lead the NHL in shots per game, as you mentioned, at 34.8. They've outshot their opponent in 11 straight and have at least 35 shots in six straight. So you know Dustin Wolf is going to be tested. Going to see tonight. the puck. They are uh, the quintessential shot volume team over the last number of years. Uh, no doubt about that. Um, thank you, Willsey. He's Derek Wills. He's Aaron Vickers. My name is Pat Steinberg. That'll start to wrap us up from the Scotiabank Saddledome uh, on this hour of Flames Talk. Thanks to Cam and Taylor, our producers. And uh, that'll do it for the Daily Flames Roundtable. Brought to you, as always, by Mercedes-Benz Country Hills. The GLC 300 formatic coupe is built for winter. Loyalty lease rate of 3 
3.99% on a 48-month lease. Zero down for $1,099 a month. No payments until 2024.